devastating floods in Pakistan, and water theft in California this September 14, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. Hydraulic fracturing or fracking has been feared by some of those who live close to drilling sites or others who think they may be in the path of future drilling development. Some homeowners see fracking as a threat to air and water quality. A new study looks not at homeowner issues but at the safety of workers at fracking operations, and it indicates that they may have significant health risks. The workers at risk have to inspect tanks containing the water that flows back up the drilled hole after fracking fluid has been injected. This flowback water contains many chemicals including oil or natural gas. Waste fluids are held in tanks that workers have to open and measure. Researchers from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health measured the airborne benzene that oil and gas workers were exposed to and found that 15 out of 17 samples were over the exposure limit. The workers are exposed when they measure the volume of liquids by inserting gauging sticks into tanks, some of which are very deep. The study was based on data collected at six oil and gas sites in Colorado and Wyoming in the spring and summer of 2013. It showed that over the course of a 12-hour shift, a worker would open up a tank hatch one to four times an hour and might breathe in fumes for two to five minutes each time. This could lead to dangerous levels of exposure to volatile organic compounds. Exposure to benzene can be acutely toxic to the nervous system, liver, and kidneys in high concentrations. However, the study did note that the amounts of benzene found were less than the standards set by another agency, OSHA. There is little known at this time about the long-term effects of oil and gas workers being exposed to the chemical compounds. Scientists in the recent study are recommending that the industry develop alternatives to current measurement methods of flowback water and that workers be outfitted with respirators. Of course, for homeowners who live near fracking operations, seeing workers wearing respirators will probably not increase their sense of safety. Some good news. California blue whales have rebounded to near historic numbers after being close to extinction. This according to new research by the University of Washington. Scientists estimate that the enormous creatures, which have been the poster child of the conservation movement, now number about 2,200. Cole Monahan, lead author of the study, told the Los Angeles Times that the recovery of the species from whaling demonstrates the ability of populations to rebuild with careful management and conservation measures. Walruses? Not so lucky. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, Pacific walrus populations which live in the Bering Sea declined by half from 1981 to 1999. Researchers are trying to better understand the cause ahead of an expected decision by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service about whether the animals need special protections. Previous studies suggest walrus populations spiked in the 1960s because of hunting restrictions, which meant the animals simply outnumbered food resources. More research is underway to to determine if other factors are at work, such as sea ice loss. Sea ice is crucial for walruses as a place they can rest between dives to the ocean floor where they hunt for clams, crabs, and other invertebrates. 
Over 500 people have died in recent flooding, which has devastated Kashmir between India and Pakistan. The rains that have led to current flooding started more than 10 days ago. Many have been injured, and more than 2 million have been affected. Today in Kashmir, severe flooding sank a boat carrying a wedding party. The boat was operated by the military and capsized when it hit debris. It was reported that the bridegroom and 17 others died. The disaster to the wedding party may have occurred in part due to the extreme measures that the government has taken to save those in cities. The Pakistani government has blown up dikes to divert rivers from urban areas. One of those cities is Multan, with two million people in the center of Pakistan's cotton and textile industry. The explosions may have caused the debris that capsized the wedding party boat. About 150,000 people are stranded in their homes by the flooding in Indian parts of Kashmir. There is concern that disease could break out from the vast areas of stagnant brown water. This area of India is predominantly Muslim, and the disaster has fueled anger against the Indian government. Allowing people to fill swimming pools during California's epic drought would be wasteful, right? Not surprisingly, the icon of life in the West has been on the radar for cities looking for ways to conserve water. But new research may spare residents from losing what many consider to be their birthright. Turns out that pools aren't the water wasters that most of us assume them to be. Facing complaints over a ban on filling pools, the Santa Margarita Water District conducted a water use analysis. The result? Pools require thousands of gallons to fill initially, but use about 8,000 gallons less than a traditional landscape after that. By the third year, the analysis found that cumulative water falls below that of a lawn. Add a cover, and water evaporation can be cut by almost half, making pools significantly less wasteful than grass and about as efficient as xeriscaping. At least two California water distributors have already rolled back pool filling limitations after hearing from the pool lobby and crunching the numbers. That's welcome news for pool companies in the Central Valley, which have reported more permits issued this year than any time in the last five years. According to the industry, people are starting to finally recover from the recession and are ready to take the plunge into new pool construction. In New Mexico, the state engineer has mandated that water meters be installed in some areas, including along the 91 mile long Membrace River in the southwest part of the state. Officials say that the meters are necessary due to the drought. However, a farming couple, Buddy and Deanna Eby, say that the state should not have the right to unchecked access to their land. They claim that the state engineer has been fining them $200 per day since March for not allowing access to their property to install a water meter to monitor how much water they pull from the river for their crops. The EBs have filed a notice of intent to sue the state for what they call extortion. They claim that the state wants unfettered access to all parts of their private property. They also claim that this is a statewide issue that affects all people on ditches or acequias. The engineer has already installed thousands of water meters along the lower Rio Grande and more north in Santa Fe and the Chama Basin. In related news, nearly two dozen ranchers from across New Mexico filed a lawsuit in federal court last week contending that their private property rights have been infringed. They take issue with the U.S. Forest Service's closure of some areas to grazing. 
the Forest Service has determined that cattle grazing harms the New Mexico meadow jumping mouse, which was listed as an endangered species in June this year. One rancher told the Associated Press that the Forest Service actions will destroy their multi-generational agricultural heritage. And finally this week, stories about water theft in California that are, well, stranger than fiction. First, a case from San Diego County in which one public agency stole from another public agency to deliver water to a third party, a private property owner. The San Pascal Fire Department stole water from a fire hydrant in the city of Poway because a member of their board, Charles Diltz, wanted to help out a buddy. Diltz asked the department to make water deliveries to his friend Tom Carter, who was going on vacation and didn't want the extensive landscaping at his large hilltop home to die while he was away. The city fined the fire department for the water theft, and the San Diego County District Attorney's Office is reviewing the case. Next up, in Northern California, there's been a rash of cacti theft. Yes, thieves are operating under the cover of darkness, pulling up succulents in Bay Area suburbs for their valuable drought-resistant properties. Homeowners responsible enough to ditch lawns for water-sipping, climate-appropriate flora have been victims of bandits hacking off cactus parts or making off with large potted specimens entirely. Nurseries have been pilfered as well. A stolen cutting can take root within two to three weeks and fetch 10 to $20 at a flea market. A large potted succulent may be worth hundreds of dollars. But wait, there's more. In the nearby South Bay city of Las Gatas, rangers from an open space district descended upon a nudist camp saying the clothing optional resort was illegally taking water from a nearby waterfall. The resort's owners say they're entitled to use the water which they need to keep their water tank full in case of fire and to top off their pool for skinny dipping. Sheriff's deputies arrived in time to keep the peace between the residents of Lupin Lodge who are quote all about body acceptance and treating each other with respect and the khaki clad rangers. No arrests were made, but rangers did dismantle the hose leading from the resort to the waterfall. Thankfully, the nudists weren't looking to steal cacti, as without protective clothing, that could be a prickly situation. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.